eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time. Time for Silver and Black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. All right, everybody, welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Hey, I'm Scott Branson. It is time for our post-game show. The Raiders, of course, squeak out of Miami. Perfect in the preseason. I know, I know, it's just the preseason. Uh, but some very, very good things coming out of this game. Some other things that remain concerned, and I'm going to go off a little bit about that and may anger a few of you. I'm just giving you a warning, but we'll get to that in a minute. Do us a favor. Subscribe to the podcast. If you're listening to us on audio, just subscribe. Drop a five-star review. We certainly appreciate that. If you're watching us on YouTube right now, we went live. So subscribe. Hit the notification buttons, please, if you would. And also, we are live on Twitch. That's right. So if you're somebody who's a gamer or you like to watch content, content excuse me, over on Twitch, you can find us there as well. Just a note, Mo Moten tonight is on special assignment with Bleacher Report, so he will not make it for the show. But the good news, as always, with our post-game show is we bring on our voice of the fan. That, of course, is the host of Raiders Fan Radio coming live to us from Merv's Fan Cave. It is Murph. Murph, here we go, man. Uh, so much great, so many great things to talk about. Some really big concerns I have, but let's start off with the good. What's your initial reaction of this entire game that kind of dragged out in the second and third quarter a little bit, but some really good things coming from this Raiders team? Absolutely. Well, first off, apologize for your audience for having to slum it with me there for the show tonight. And just <laughs> That's know, all right. But, uh, but we appreciate everybody joining us. And yeah, man, like, so here's my, here's my takeaway, which is a very metered level-headed takeaway like most all of Raider Nation with a dominant 15-12 performance over the Miami Dolphins in Miami I'm pretty much thinking that we're the best team in football and likely going to win the Super Bowl <laughs> I love it man well that you know what but that that's that's how you should feel right I mean listen I I, I want to start with that good stuff because I do have some big concerns but we'll get to it um, I mean, I look at overall, you watched that Raiders second offense for the most part, and we will talk about the offensive line. I can see the comments rolling in on the platforms. People want to talk about oh, the right yeah. side of the offensive line. We'll get to it. Uh, but overall, I looked at that offense, what they were able to do against really a lot of the Finns first defense to start out the game there. And Merv, I'll tell you, not only did they execute well 
and play well in so many points, and we'll get into players in a second. But what I really loved, and I continue to just be just impressed with with this team, is how hard they play and how disciplined they play. Now, they had a couple penalties tonight that they didn't have over the last couple weeks. But overall, Murph, you just see this team hustling, and it doesn't matter what they're doing, who, which player it is, they are really flat out just a different team under Josh McDaniels. Absolutely. You know, it's pretty fun. You know, like um, I have two teenage boys and I tell them all the time, like, you know, your life and your character is not defined by the mistakes you make. It's it's or the things that happen to you externally. It's about how you respond to those things. Like that's what defines us. Right. And so like, yeah, the Raiders made mistakes, but then they recovered from them. And so like and that's where like during this game is, is although, you know, at times the Miami freaking defense looked like the freaking 72 <laughs> Miami defense, apparently, because Nick Bonacani and Manny Fernandez were on the field. Um, <laughs> but, like it just looked they looked so dominant. And, and like but then at times, though, like we recovered and we scored and we punched the button like you and I talked and, and, and Mo as well. But last week about one of the things that we noticed about McDaniels is getting like fired up at the team at the offense for not punching the ball in and not scoring on that first drive and in, uh, scoring a touchdown anyways. And by kicking a field goal in the red zone, well, what do we do this week? We got better. You know what I mean? And so like you see those things and it's encouraging Scott, like, I mean, and look, and I'm not going to get all up in my feelings and get all crazy about this. And I know there's a lot of <laughs> things we're going to talk about that are that are definite weaknesses. And I'm not blind to those or nor an apologist for them. But as Raider Nation, like I you can't not be encouraged by the way that I, I think what you so greatly just put the way they're responding, yeah. the way yes. they're bouncing back and finishing. Like, who cares what it looks like on the way? Do you get the are you, are you getting seven? Or are you getting three? Or are you getting the W instead of the L? That's all that counts. It, absolutely. And the other thing I love about it, and again, Raiders win 15 to 13 in Miami week two. I know it's their third week, but week two of the preseason now is complete. But Murph, I, I look at the way in which they play, even when they don't execute, when a play doesn't succeed, it is it, you can see it. The routes, the routes are crisper. Uh, the play calling. I love the play. calling. that's one thing that we should talk about. I just think that Josh McDaniels, when he came over, people were like, oh, what's he going to do with this offense? And yes, he brought over some of the same philosophy. There's no question. But even in the preseason where they're very guarded, I feel like this offense is just so much more crisply called, timely when they need, when they have a third uh, and long or a third and short. It's the kind of play where even as a fan, you sit there and you say, that's what I would have done because he does it and it seems to work. Absolutely. You know, if you look at uh, so what we've talked about in this offseason so far is this this beautiful adjustment capability for these coaches. Right. And it starts with McDaniels and, and, we, and, we, and we've seen it with Graham. We've seen it with or not. We've seen it. Well, I guess we've seen it a little bit. But we really hear it more in terms of like philosophy. But one of the things that's so cool about like you like what you're saying is that, yeah, if if there's a weakness in a in a, in a place. Yeah, if we notice it, I promise you they are too. And I promise you Josh <laughs> McDaniels is noticing it first before anybody. And uh, we talked about on our show, Raiders Fan Radio, this last week about how that Patriot offense and that uh, and that, that that Josh McDaniels ran, it was so versatile and so you know diversified based on what their matchups were. And so much of it was about getting the ball to a spot. It was like, yes. you know, the snap, boom, boom, get the ball out. It's not about like letting your players work open, although we know that Hunter Renfro and, and guys are going to do that when Derek extends the pocket and creates time. But for the most part, the offense is going to be boom, boom, ball out. Like, and so 
and you think about all the great, and I hate to bring them up, but I know Raiders fans get pissed off at me for this, but like you think about those Patriot offenses and Tom Brady and the way that he plays quarterback and the way that he got the ball to Amendola and Wes Walker mm-hmm. and like Gronk and Hernandez and all the everybody, Troy Brown back in the day, like whatever. Pick your pick your guy. That's what that Patriot offense is. That's what Derek Carr is going to do in McDaniel's offense. And guess what? That makes up for a weak offensive line, frankly. And we saw that tonight. At the times, the offense was still struggling. You know, it still allowed for those quick passes. And those guys can make up for it. There was one in particular. It was... um. Oh my gosh, I'm, I've got on my notes here, but I, I believe it was uh, it was it was uh, it was Keelan Cole, and it must have been Stidham or it was, it was Mullins. Stidham. I can't yeah. it was Stidham. Okay. caught him on the right side there. Yep. Thank you. Yes, I mean, yes. like, and that was all that offensive line. Well, did they look great up to that point? I don't know. It was kind of sketchy, but on that play, they executed, and that's what all the again, that's all that counts. Al Davis famously said, "We're not interested in first downs. We're interested <laughs> in touchdowns." The end. Like that's what this offense needs to be. That's what it's about, and that's what they've lacked over the last three that's years. In the red, the red zone. That's okay. In the red zone, that's good, man. In the red zone, especially now, I, I looked at that situation and I saw to, to your point about uh, the Keelan Cole pass uh, from Stidham. What I love too is I've seen we've now seen three quarterbacks, including Garbers, who had some trouble tonight, but overall played well with his legs too. He had a nice long run there in the third quarter. Uh, and I love how these quarterbacks are operating in that system too, because they're using their legs as well. And you watch it unfold, just like you're saying, and then you get Derek Carr in there and you start to think, wow, you know, when you get your number one quarterback in there, this thing's going to be electric, not to mention your number one wide receiver, your number two wide receiver, your, your tight end and Darren Waller. And it's like, you can see that. Uh, and, and that running game, which Mo and I talked about on our last show, which is in the Josh McDaniel system, it's about creating mismatches with the defense, right? And and you you find the weakness and you exploit the heck out of it the entire game. That's what he did in New England. And that's what he's going to do with the Raiders. So you look at that running game, what the Raiders are able to do coming out of the backfield. They use Kenyon Drake a lot tonight. I saw some comments right. on Britton Brown. Britton Brown, I thought, of course, had a great game. I still think he doesn't make the roster, actually, because that room is so full. I think if they can get him through the process of being on the practice squad and someone not grabbing him, he will stay with the Raiders. But, man, you just love the talent evaluation here, too, Murph. The fact that these guys, some of these guys who won't make the roster just because of the numbers are pretty dang good players. And that is a compliment to not only McDaniels, but, of course, Dave Ziegler, too. Absolutely. Isn't it kind of like, not kind of, it, I'm not going to hedge it. It really is encouraging that we have players on this team mm-hmm. that historically we wouldn't have cut. And like, and, and, if you th- <laughs> and I know that it got better during Gruden, but yeah. like when you think about like the depth of our roster, like once upon a time we were freaking like scrambling, like trying to I mean, think about like, and I'm, I'm always like try to let the history like of the Raiders influence my my current step because I don't want to mm-hmm. ever like forget what it was like. And you think about like the days when Reggie McKenzie came in and like all the cuts we had to make because of all the funky contracts that this team had. And we were just like going to the scrap heap for freaking players. And it was mm-hmm. like and, and, and so you didn't have barely any depth at all. And now the idea that we have a team that, yeah, you're right. Like there's players that like would have made this Raider team a while ago, but now likely they may not or make a practice squad or whatever. I mean, you mentioned Britton Brown. I thought that young man yeah. played fantastic, especially in the, late, late in the game. And you see, so like, you know, the, the whether it's running backs or the wide receivers even, like we haven't even seen our top guys yet. And that's another yeah. thing too that I thought a lot about tonight was that as fun as it is to watch the Raiders games and, and you know, especially coming out like week one of the preseason, we were like, yeah, it's great to see the silver and black on the field and all that. 
when you get into the third and fourth quarter of the third preseason game, it gets to be a little waning. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) games get a little long and you're watching players that likely aren't going to be on the team and all that. But then you see these flashes and this commitment that you're talking about. And that's freaking encouraging, man. And I, and there's going to be players that get cut from our team to get picked up by other people. And that's usually the opposite. Exactly. And there's no question. I mean, that and, and and fans get attracted to them and attached to them. We're talking about Britton Brown. And and again, that crowded running back room. There's so many guys there. Kenyon Drake did well tonight. I think he was and Mo and I have been lockstep on this. He's be I think he's being showcased for a trade because that room is so full. Uh, if they can offload at least some of his salary, I don't think anybody will take all of his salary, but if they can unload some of his salary because they have other needs, which we'll talk about. But to me, you're right. You're right. You have the situation where you you have these players, but you're deep enough and you're you're bringing in such good young talent that you can let these guys go and be okay with it because the other guys you have. And I thought the wide receiver core, you talked about that too. I really believe that we won't have, we're going to have a rotation of wide receivers and maybe it'll settle down after week two or three of the regular season. But the Raiders have done really well with those young guys, DJ Turner with uh, um, um, Cole, all these guys. So to me, that tells you that this team, and again, if you're not already excited about what this team has done off the field to acquire the talent to win on the field, then you're not paying attention. Absolutely. And you know that, and you mentioned the wide receivers. Like, I mean, it was surprising to me. You and I hadn't talked since the cuts happened. Yeah. I was surprised to see DeMarcus. There was a, a time during this offseason, like we were kind of thinking he was going to be our number two guy. Yes. And then all of a sudden, Mac Hollins like rose way up that depth chart. Uh, not only is a red zone threat, which is originally what I was thinking. Okay. He's a big body guy. Derek loves big bodies. You look at all the touchdowns he threw in 2016. All of them were to Jared Cook, Michael Crabtree and Andre Holmes. Big guys that can go up, high point the football. Like yep. Derek loves that kind of floaty ball in the back of the end zone. He loves that. And so I was thinking, though, that was the purpose of Matt Collins. I think that was the reason they drafted Brian Edwards. Um, but now all of a sudden it's looking like Matt Collins is like, I'm not going to pencil him in. Well, maybe pencil him in. I don't know. A bold prediction. <laughs> but like Matt Collins looks up. But so I'm with you, though. I'm like, and yeah. we haven't even seen again to go back to. We haven't even seen the other guys. And there's so many players we haven't even seen yet. We yeah. haven't seen on the defense. We other than I will throw this out, and I'm going to throw you, throw you back a question, Scott, which I thought was interesting tonight. Um, not only in the defensive secondary was it great to see Jonathan Abram flashing because I'm, mm-hmm. we just like we around here in the fan cave, we just at Raiders fan we love that guy. He just exudes Raider to us. We're rooting for him. But it wasn't it interesting to see Rocky Sin and Anthony Averett starting off this game. Did you did that jump out at you? Absolutely, because we we talked about it on uh, our Thursday and Friday shows. That you know they they came off the pup, and we believe they needed to get out there. They needed to get some of those reps, uh, and and sure enough, man, when I saw them roll out there at the beginning of the game, I'm like, okay, that's good. That's a good sign they got out there. And yeah, they you know at times looked a little rusty, this little step behind from who they are. But that's okay. I mean, that's what it's for, right? That's what these games are for. Their practices, and so for uh, for them to get out there because that defensive backfield, we still don't know. You, you, you talked about Abram has played well, and he showed well tonight, had a nice big hard hit, uh, and really played, I thought, uh, a good game. And so you look at that, and you know that they need to do that. They need to see what they have back there, along with the interior of the defense. That's another guy I want to bring up, too, uh, Murph, while we're talking about it. Jonathan Hankins, man. He came oh, in like yes. he had not missed any time. Now, I did notice, like me getting out of the shower, he's got some love handles which he usually didn't have. Hey, <laughs> but, 
<laughs> so, but I but like man, yeah, he he was blowing it up. That that first uh, Dolphins unit was in there to start the game with Tua and all that. He was blowing up the running game, as was Kendall Vickers. Uh, and so so that yeah. defensive front, uh, and unfortunately Jenkins went down. We don't know if he's how serious yeah. his injury. It did not look good. But that's another big question mark. And so at least from the run stopping perspective up front there. To see Vickers, to see Jonathan Hankins do that, another bright spot here tonight. Absolutely, and that was encouraging, right? And and yeah. and what about the uh, what about the, uh, the the law firm of Bauer and Bowers, right? Ba so like, yes, yeah, Bowers going on that was like, and there was, uh, and then uh, and and Tango Violoa, uh, yes. much respect to him, chasing down. There was one play he played hard. Where I had to go. Uh, oh my gosh, I was watching. So I don't know. Uh, how you were able to watch a game, but I watched an NFL Plus, which me too. Uh, that was you did okay. So new yeah. experience for me watching NFL Plus. Had the laptop, shot it up to the big screen. It was actually a pretty <laughs> cool experience watching the game like that. Um, but you can't rewind in it, at least no. at least that at least that I, that I could find. And so I saw sixty nine out there in coverage, and I was like, like was that him making a play, or was yeah. that like a designed like you don't see big men like that out in coverage? But anyways, but one way or the other, he made the play. He was at the ball, and so the. I, I'm with you, and we talked a lot about that, again, going back to that Jacksonville game, about kind of like the lack of presence for that interior, and especially in the pass rush. I mean, I know it's Miami, and I know it's week three of the preseason, but it, again, continual improvement, right? Which is yeah. all you want to see, as you uh, say uh, so frequently and so true and accurately, it's practice. It's freaking yes. glorified practice. So what's the idea of practice? Get better. Yeah. You know? No, no, no doubt about it. And I think that's the other thing, too. Even with some of these guys we're talking about defense, obviously Jonathan Hankins is going to be a guy who makes the roster. But I see Jeff uh, chatting on YouTube saying, hey, Bolton played well. Absolutely. Oh, uh, you talked about Tang Lavola, uh, Amosa. Those guys all played well. But again, just like we were talking on the offense, Murph, you're going to have these guys who play well because they're playing for their careers, right, and their lives in a roster spot. Many of them will not make it even if they play well. And that's a good thing, though, because everyone else is raising the play. And this is it. This is the accountability you're seeing. They're all holding each other accountable, and it shows you what's happening in that building. There's just a different attitude, and you're seeing it even with these guys who won't make the roster. Absolutely. I, I, I totally agree, and it's, I love to see that. That that fight in those guys, and you yeah. know, let, let me and I want to I want to I want to throw this back at you too. So in those plays, especially in that defensive sector we've talked so much about, um, when you do see those passes get complete, we saw it happen to, to Anthony Everett, who's not going to be a uh, or is going to be a guy that makes the team. Yeah, but it seemed to me like with my just fan eyes that a lot of those completions were coming against soft zones, and yes. I don't see the Raiders playing. I don't see Graham calling softs. It seemed very vanilla, and I know that's also a theme of the preseason. Yeah. But don't you feel like a lot of those plays that work? It was like it wasn't necessarily on the players. Like I'm not saying they were like the the coaches were mailing in the play calling or whatever. But like I believe you said at the beginning of the show, like they're not going to show you everything though either. They're not going to show you everything that they're going to do. They're going to show you flashes of things like playing Abram at the line of scrimmage and things like that. But in terms of like coverages and whatnot, like it wasn't very complicated. Yeah. Is that does that make sense? Did you did you it get totally that feeling? Yeah, and especially when you look at uh, where he, where McDaniel's came from, right? I mean, he learned from Belichick. Uh, that guy is is you know like General Patton. He's not going to tell you where he's going to be marching. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna hold it in. And and of course in the preseason, especially with the way the AFC West is going to be, Murph, 
you can't you can't give anybody oh, okay. any clues, right? So I think I think you're right. You saw that you saw a lot of soft zone, and and at times I was having I was having flashbacks to the last couple of years, right? Uh, and seeing those defenses, but with the talent they have there, I think that you're right. You're going to see once we hit the regular season, once you hit that Charger game in Week One, boy, it's going to be a whole different story. Um, but let's switch gears a little bit. Well, Murph, do you have anything else from a positive you want to mention before we get to the stuff the Raiders need to work on? Uh, I mean. Uh... No, <laughs> I mean Jasper Horstead. I mean, shout out, Jasper good catch. Shout out the, the 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 third year man out of Princeton. I yeah. mean, that's that's kind of a nice story there. But I mean, yeah. obviously, it's going to be you know Darren Waller and Foster Moreau are going to be the, the the show at tight end this sure. year. Um, but uh, but it's nice to have a player like that. It's nice to have a depth player that, that at least he's he's doing the right things in the preseason. And you know, if, if unfortunately one of those other guys goes down, then Jasper yep. can come in or you know on, on whatever key situation. So that might be fun. But anyways, so shout out that young man. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Uh, all right, so let's switch gears now. Everybody in the chat, of course, I keep seeing a name, Leatherwood, something like that. Anyway, but yes, yeah, so Never Alex Le Alex Leatherwood. Um, and and I have to say that. As you know, we have been on our show, and I know you guys have been too, kind of supportive. Say, hey, you got to give him time. It's early. Look, you know, yes, he struggled. It hasn't looked good at times, but you just never know when sometimes things are going to click. Um, Alex Leatherwood had another awful game. Uh, and, and do players have a play here and there where they play? Well, absolutely. But he was getting beat even when you had the tight end chipping. And so to me, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm about at that point, Murph, where I just don't think it's going to work. Uh, and, and that's a problem. Uh, the rest of the line, to be fair to Alex Leatherwood, the rest of the line, even Lester Cotton, did not play great tonight. He had some good stretches, don't get me wrong. But overall, that offensive line didn't play well, which is what you brought up earlier about how the quarterbacks did such a great job of adjusting to that situation because you can scheme to work around your offensive line, but it's not optimal. And I think what you saw tonight if you had a more stout offensive line, even in a preseason game, I think the Raiders win by two touchdowns easily, right? Because I just think they're a better team. But in this case, the Alex Leatherwood situation, and I'm going to go on a limb here, and and Murph, I, I, you can distance yourself from me on this one. I, you know what? Listen, coaches are coaches, organizations are organizations. The ego's got to go now, and you got to address the offensive line. You got to go get somebody to help. I don't know if they're going to work. I don't know who you're going to go get, but to me... Derek Carr is the Cadillac. He is the guy there who's going to take you where you need to go. If you do not protect him, it's going to turn out bad. And Murph, it's just not good enough yet. I agree. And, you know, you mentioned the, the I, I keep always want to call him San Diego. You mentioned the Chargers game. <laughs> you know, when you got two pass rushers, just like we do, Oof. you know, when you got Jones and Max on, on the corners, and in their case, you got, you know, Bosa and, and uh, and and the name that shall not be spoken that wears fifty two, um, <laughs> you know when you got those two guys coming off the, the off the edges like you need a good right tackle like it used to be like the old adage in the NFL was that you know you had to have you know a good quarterback you have to have a franchise quarterback and then you have to have somebody rush that franchise quarterback and then you have to have somebody block for that franchise quarterback so left tackle was the most important of the offensive linemen well nowadays when you have these dual pass rushers and you have these complicated defenses that that coordinators are calling where you're stacking linemen, you're stacking, you're doing all kinds of funky stuff, you got to have coverage or you got to have protection on both ends. 
and I'm with you. It's a concern. Like, and I'm rooting for Leatherwood. I have rooted for him for day one, and I'm not going to give up faith in him until he becomes a, a player for another team. As long as he's wearing a Raider uniform, he's, <laughs> he's got my support. I'm going to root for the Raiders that are, not the Raiders that aren't. You know what I mean? As you're, I always you're, say. You're, um, you're, you're a better man than I. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, I mean, there's a, still a string of thread holding me because he's a talented young man. I just felt, I felt he was getting beat so badly and at times I felt he looked like he was just a beaten guy. You know what I mean? From an attitude perspective. And that's sad to see too. Like, you don't, I don't relish in that. I know some fans relish when a player struggles because they think he stinks and they want him gone. I don't do that. Right. But for me, it was that, but it wasn't just him. The entire offensive line was not great tonight, uh, but the Raiders, because of the talent they had at quarterback and other positions, was were able to overcome it. Um, but I think they got to do something to address it. They have to bring in uh, a, a, a signing or two to compete there because you just got to get better. I don't think they can go to war. Like I said, I get scared to death for Raider fans and for the franchise with Derek Carr with his new deal and where he's at at the peak of his career that you put him back there with a line that might not protect him well enough. Yeah, I'm with you. And I mean, I mean, our entire 2016 season evaporated when Trent Cole broke his leg, right? I think yes. Donald Penn gave up one sack all year long, and that was the one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, it's 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 certainly a, a concern. And I and I don't want to be dismissive of the of the criticism of Alex Leatherwood. I guess I'm just trying to trying to cling on to the idea that he's still young enough. Like I'm, you know, I remember a Robert Gallery that came in and struggled to tackle and moved mm -hmm. inside and was a pretty serviceable guard for the majority of his career. So, and if that's what, it, what ends up being Alex Leatherwood's story, yes, it's not the ideal one. It's not the one we want, but is that the one that we can maybe have out of it? At the end of the day, though, I think as of right now, it's got to be like Jermaine Illuminor or somebody like that has got to be your starting right tackle because you're right. Like, we can't, you know, like, or, again, I, I bring up 2016. You think about what was the biggest week that we had the one of the best offensive lines this league has ever seen, except Austin Howard, you know, mm -hmm. sorry, no disrespect, Austin Howard, but like, you know, out of all those, we there was all the sacks came from the right side that year, except for the one that Donald Penn gave up. So like you got, you can't just have a turnstile at that one position. So, I mean, so again, I'm not going to apologize for him and the Raiders do need to address it, but here's the other thing I'll, I'll, I'll throw at you Raider nation is that we know veterans don't like training camp. They just don't like it beats their bodies up. And when you get into your, you know, especially early thirties, I know that's in terms of life, that's very young, but in terms of football, <laughs> that's kind of getting up there. Yeah. Um, and so when you, you look at like a Nate, so, and I brought his name up before and I, and, I, and, I, and I'm kind of banging that drum because he's the Patriot and we've already seen the influx of Patriots and the Patriot quote way. Um, We've seen an influx of the Titan way even because Vrabel was a disciple of Belichick and has brought – so we've seen a lot of Titans players and Titans influence come over the team. Anyways, Nate Solder is a guy you could literally plug and play at right tackle week one, and he'd be just fine. And yeah. so you're not going to beat him up during the preseason. You're going to reserve your cap space in case you have a major injury somewhere mm -hmm. and you really need to address a big position. You know, maybe the Waller contract. Like there's – I always, I always t say this to Raider fans, like, they know, like they know, like they, if you see it on TV, I promise you, they're the ones breaking down film. This is their job. They're getting paid millions of dollars and they got an infinite amount of resources to invest in how to make this team better. I promise you it's on their radar. So yeah. just because you haven't heard it publicly yet or whoever didn't say it on Twitter doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. So I would say this, that it wouldn't surprise me one bit if we see somebody that's significant come in as a signing 
it's a plug and play tackle. It's just, yeah. It, again, because again, the, the, you look at the guys, what has he got like Solder, you got like Dwayne Brown, you got like Eric Fisher. All these guys are like 32, 33, 34 years old. Like they don't want to be in training camp. So it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if we saw them before week one. No, and and I I just think the, the thing that concerns me, and 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 again, I I look at the success that these two men running this franchise on the football side have had, and I give them the benefit of the doubt. But I will tell you that with every week that's going by, I think the situation gets a little more concerning because uh, if there's improve, if there was more improvement, like if if they went out tonight didn't play a great game, but improved and you saw improvement there, then I'm not so worried about a signing. I'm not worried about saying, hey, you know what? Yeah, okay, he had a tough couple tough plays, but he's progressed. Leatherwood's progressed or whatnot. Uh, but I do think, as as we talked about this week, I do think, and you said tonight as well, Merv, you put a Luminor on that right side right now based on who you have, right? And then hopefully they do, to your point, and exactly what they need is a veteran to plug and play there. Doesn't have to be a guy who's going to be in the Pro Bowl. Doesn't have to be that. You just need a solid professional that's above average, that's going to be a consistent guy there, that's going to protect Derek Carr and make sure that this offense, which is going to be extremely high-powered, gets on the right track. I couldn't agree with that more, 100%. I mean, that's got to be the, the way to go. And, it, and, and I think you're right. I think they, however they choose to address it, because I think it's and, – and, and, and if, I'm, if I'm reading what you're saying – they're too far into the process to coach this up. You know what I mean? And yeah. when you see regression is like you're talking about, like, you know, like that's, that's not something you can work with as a coach. Like you got to see some sort of growth week to week. And when, and here's the thing that's scary to me. And, and, and again, just my uneducated, untrained eye, when you see that player, that's a first round pick. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. Playing longer and longer in the game and struggling mm -hmm. just the same, regardless of the talent that he's going up against. That's, that's got to make you nervous because again, he's not going, he's not going up against Bosa and Mac every down for four quarters. He's going up against a guy that's going to be, you know, bagging groceries in a few <laughs> weeks. And I, no disrespect to whoever that Dolphins lineman is, but you know what I'm saying? Like that's sure. the truth. You know what I mean? And so yeah. like that's that. So the, yes, it is concerning. I'm totally with you. No, and and I think that's where they, they just have to address it. I mean, look, we are now three weeks away from week one, okay? 21 days, I think it's 22 days, whatever it is. So so you're going to have to think about this. If you're going to bring a guy in, especially, and you make a great point, Murph, these veterans don't want to go into camp, okay? So if it's one of those guys, you got to get him into, cam into camp. You got to get the physical. You got to get him on the field. You got to start teaching him. Uh, what the differences are, there's not going to be many because they know the system already, to your point. But at the same time, they got to get in shape, right, for that week one. Yeah, yeah. And so, so... 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.